for these years of fraud and misconduct. We are seeking an order to dissolve the NRA in its entirety. Sad. Hate to see them go. It was such a great group. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio, on WGRN, I know they got the COVID up there. That's what I've heard. In Palinville, New York, on WLPP, Grand Rapids, WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. In Concord, New Hampshire, on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle, on KODX. Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF, amongst other fine terrestrial stations. And then there's the streaming internet stations on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, Detour Talk, and many other fine streaming stations. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. So, yeah, about every 90 seconds now, still in the U.S., another American dies from the coronavirus. That has been the case now for weeks. Every 90 seconds or less. At least 157,000 have died so far from COVID-19, and yet none of that is even our top story today. In fact, I've got at least half a dozen more stories that would normally be the top story on any normal day in America, but we don't have normal days in America anymore, apparently, Desi Doy. No, we don't. I'm so old. I remember when we shut down the country at 1,500 deaths, and now people don't even bat an eye anymore at 1,000 deaths a day. Yep. Yeah, it's not even. Yeah, you're right. It's not even the top it's news. Not even anymore. the top news. Now, all of these top stories, however, seem to happen at once, and I probably won't be able to get to all of them today. So we're just going to buckle up and dive in and hang on and see how many we can work through as the most critical election by far in the history of this nation is now just 89 days away. But who's counting? And does that make you anxious or depressed, or? Anxious and excited. If you're like me, you vacillate uh, between uh, both of those ends while remaining anxious under either option. Either way, just please know you are not alone. 
we're right here with you, uh, right there with you. Desi and I are yes. right there with you. Uh, we're all going through this together, as I promised we would nearly four years ago now, after Donald Trump somehow was named as having won the 26 election, 2016 election. We'll be right here with you. We're going through it together. And if you're like Michelle Obama, the former first lady, she said on her podcast on Tuesday. Yes, everybody has a podcast now, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> anyway, she said she is suffering from, quote, low-grade depression. She attributes that to coronavirus quarantine, the mental health toll of racism, and the, quote, hypocrisy of the Trump administration. She said these are not, they are not fulfilling times spiritually. She told um, journalist Michelle Norris during the Michelle Obama podcast. She said, I know that I am dealing with some form of low grade depression, not just because of the quarantine, but because of the racial strife and just seeing this administration watching the hypocrisy of it day in and day out is dispiriting, she said. Well, I hear you. It certainly is. One in three Americans are now reporting symptoms of depression or anxiety. One in three. That's more than three times the rate from a survey conducted in the first half of 2019 when it was already much higher than we would usually expect to find, according to a Census Bureau survey. Ken Olin, the actor, remember him from 30-something oh, yeah. and, and uh, This Is Us currently? He tweeted in response to uh, Michelle Obama's comments saying that I want to thank her for expressing what so many of us are experiencing now when we have so little truth to go by. Her humanity and honesty is especially reassuring to millions of us that we are not alone. I agree, which is why I wanted to share that with you today. You are not alone. Even the former first lady is dealing with uh, what we're all dealing with right now. But we are still here with you, and I am unspeakably grateful that you are still here with us, hopefully every day as we are with you. Anyway, it seemed like it was worth mentioning that on a day like today when there is, once again, more news than, than we can possibly get to. All of it important, some of it good, some of it not so much, all of it probably anxiety-making, I suspect, <laughs> for many. I know that it has been for me just working through it. Oh, yeah. But again, you know, I'm feeling it, Desi's feeling it, and I suspect it will continue for a while, but please know you are not alone. By the way, if you're not feeling it, Please feel free to drop me some email at bradcast at bradblog.com to let me know why or how you're able to overcome it. If you got helpful advice, maybe yeah. we'll share it with listeners. If you got any great coping mechanisms, please, yes, share yes, them. Yes, please. So anyway, with that, uh, let's start almost randomly. You can just pick one of today's top 10 or so top stories and begin. So we'll start here today. Ohio's Republican Governor Mike DeWine tested positive for the coronavirus on Thursday, just minutes before he was supposed to meet with the President of the United States in Cleveland. Womp womp. DeWine took a, a test for COVID-19 as part of the standard protocol to greet President Donald Trump on the tarmac at Burke Lakefront Airport in Cleveland. Governor DeWine tested positive, though he has uh, no symptoms at the present time, according to a statement from the governor's office. 
Well, it is good that they tested him then, isn't it? He might have given it to the President of the United States, who is a little bit older than DeWine, and, well, he might have died had he contracted the disease. Another close call for this president. DeWine, who is 73, is returning to Columbus, where he plans to follow protocol for COVID-19 and quarantine at his home in Cedarville for the next 14 days, according to his office's statement. Lucky for him, I suspect he'll still continue to to, uh, enjoy his salary during that period. Oh, sure. Of course. Donald Trump uh, responded to DeWine's diagnosis after arriving in Ohio later on Thursday, saying, quote, we wanted to wish him the best. He will be fine. Trump is scheduled to deliver remarks. Well, he did deliver remarks on economic prosperity (laughs) from Cleveland. He did talk about uh, about something from Thailand. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He said Thailand. He said Thailand. But then he repeated it as if he never made any mistake whatsoever. He Thailand and Thailand. Vietnam and Thailand and Vietnam. You know, he could use a good vacation uh, in Yosemite. So he was going to give that uh, speech on economic prosperity and, of course, participate in a fundraising committee reception. A few weeks ago, the White House Coronavirus Task Force had warned that the number of COVID-19 cases in Ohio were significantly increasing. So far, there have been more than 96,000 positive cases and nearly 3,600 deaths in the Buckeye State. Last month, DeWine issued, you know, imagine had there been, what did you say, a thousand deaths a day or more at this point? Yeah. If there had been a a mass shooting of a thousand people every day, day after day, or I think a terrorist attack, day after day, a thousand people lost, where would what would be five jet planes crashing every day? I don't suspect that uh, the president of the United States would be out touring the Whirlpool Corporation manufacturing plant in Clyde, Ohio, and declaring what a success his uh, term as president has been. In any event, a few weeks ago, after the uh, uh, the White House task force had had warned that it was increasing in Ohio, in fact, it has continued to do so. So uh, DeWine, the governor who now has COVID himself, had issued a statewide mask order that requires people to wear face coverings in public. It exempts children under 10 years of age, along with some other exceptions, which I bet must include an exception if you happen to be the president of the United States visiting Ohio. But I'm just guessing. DeWine is now the second governor to test positive after Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, also a Republican, tested positive for the virus in mid-July. Late last month, Congressman Louis Gohmert of Texas, who had refused to wear a mask, he tested positive for the virus just before he was expected to travel with Trump on Air Force One to Texas. Multiple lawmakers have now tested positive for the virus since the outbreak hit earlier this year. But, hey, we've got a cure now, apparently, for coronavirus. If everyone just meets one at a time with the president of the United States, we can all get tested before we do and then isolate if we have it. And, yes, we can then beat COVID-19. How's that for a plan? Yeah, get access to a test. Nice. I guess when Trump said that uh, anyone who wants a test can get a test, what he he meant, anyone who wants to meet him, (laughs) they'll get a test, which must be nice if you're him. 
But hey, as to uh, Trump's planned remarks on economic prosperity today, well, I wonder if he mentioned this. Nearly 1.2 million laid-off Americans newly applied for state unemployment benefits last week. Evidence that the coronavirus continues to uh, force companies to slash jobs just as a critical $600 weekly federal jobless payment has now expired. The report from the government's Department of Labor on Thursday finds claims remain at an alarmingly high level in the 20th straight week. The 20th straight week that at least one million people have sought new jobless claims. Before the pandemic hit in March, as we've uh, t reported pretty much each of these 20 weeks, before this happened, the number of Americans seeking unemployment checks has never surpassed 700,000 in a week. Now we have seen well over a million week after week for 20 weeks. Even during the Great Recession from 2007 to 2009, we never had a week of more than one million Americans uh, filing for unemployment. Now we have for 20 weeks. But hey, economic, what, is it, what do they call it? Economic prosperity <laughs> in Ohio today. Rubila Faruqi, the chief U.S. Economic, uh, economist at High Frequency Economics, said uh, the possibility of mounting layoffs that could become permanent is now high. Without effective virus containment, the recovery... Reco what recovery? The recovery remains at risk from ongoing job losses that could further restrain incomes and spending. The nation's gross domestic product, the broadest measure of economic output, shrank at an unheard of annual rate of nearly 33 percent in the second quarter. That's from April to June. It was by far, by far the worst quarterly fall on record. There has never been anything like it. During the Great Depression in the 1930s, it took three years for GDP to even begin to approach negative 30 percent. During the Great Recession, the worst annualized quarterly drop in GDP was only about 8%, and yet we're now at 33%. A resurgence of cases in the South and the West has spread elsewhere and upended any hopes for a speedy economic recovery as bars and restaurants and other businesses have now had to delay or even reverse their plans to reopen and rehire staff. For months, the unemployed had also been receiving $600 a week in federal jobless aid on top of their state benefit, but that federal payment expired last week, and Republicans in Congress have been unable to agree on how to continue it, initially hoping to slash the expanded payment by two-thirds, even as the economy worsens. They were going to cut it from 600 a week to 200 a week, or at least they tried. Democrats have stopped them. Meanwhile, continuing the permanent bailouts for the corporate sector, they don't have to keep going back and begging week after week, month after month. On Wednesday, word got out that Republicans were generously willing to bring that expanded payment up to $400 a week. That is uh, only a one-third cut 
to the benefit that, frankly, uh, has been keeping the entire economy from total collapse at this point. Well, yeah, I think that it bears underscoring that 70 to 80 percent of the U.S. economy is based on consumer spending. If you take away the money from the vast majority of consumers, which are the working class Americans, you take the bottom out of the U.S. economy. But they're happy to uh, give money to corporations, keep them going so that those corporations can keep selling their products to who exactly? Because if they if their if their customers ain't got money, they ain't going to be buying anything. This could have been or could still be may still be a total collapse of the economy that we're now facing, at least if Republicans in the White House cannot get something together and quickly. Well, they can. They just don't want to. Democrats passed a package themselves to extend the aid and the bailout uh, to uh, nearly bankrupt states and cities across the country about three months ago in May. Uh, Now we're in August. Democrats passed something. Republicans have not been able to even put anything on the table. Democrats passed that $3 trillion HEROES Act. Uh, Republicans have so far been been able to offer about $1 trillion as Senate Republicans, led by Mitch McConnell, failed to even begin working on any of this for the next relief package until about a week or so ago after the expanded unemployment payments were set to expire. In the meantime, there are millions of uh, unemployed who suddenly have even less money to pay for essentials. Many of them are among the 23 million people nationwide who are now at risk of being evicted from their homes or apartments, according to the Aspen Institute, as uh, moratoriums on uh, mortgage payments enacted because of the coronavirus also expire. Do you get this? There's people out of work. 30 million people out of work. The government is unable, unwilling to give them any money. They have mortgages to keep their homes or rents that they must pay to stay in their apartments. They ain't got no money for that. What happens next? Last week, an additional 650,000 people also applied for jobless aid under a separate program for extended eligibility for the first time to uh, self-employed and gig workers. That number is reported separately from the 1.2 million salaried workers who filed for unemployment last week. The Labor Department uh, said Thursday that a total of 31.3 million people are now receiving some form of unemployment benefits. But they are not nearly as large as they have been for the past several months. After the uh, springtime lockdown, restaurants and bars had begun to open, yet many soon had to reclose. In Texas, for instance, uh, just 26 percent of bars were closed on uh, June 21. Two weeks later, that figure had shot up to 75 percent. In Florida, whose tourism industry has been pummeled by the pandemic, One man, John Bremer, uh, lost his position as a hotel manager. He told AP he's now been out of work for four months. Florida's weekly unemployment aid without the extension is $275 a week max. Brenner said, I'm quite reliant on that extra $600. Well, I bet he is, especially now that the moratorium on evictions and foreclosures is ending 
The stress and fear and sadness over prolonged unemployment, Brenner said, has uh, diminished everything from his uh, diet to his ability to sleep. He said he's angry that the U.S. Senate has balked at extending the extra unemployment aid at its current level. But again, it's not the Senate which has balked. It is Republicans in the Senate which have balked AP. Brenner said the anxiety the Senate is giving me isn't helping much. Clover Williams, a teacher in Gallup, New Mexico, we spoke with the mayor of Gallup, New Mexico on this show a few months back. Uh, she said she was laid off right when uh, right when the thing runs out, right when the expanded unemployment runs out. She received one unemployment check that included the extra $600 payment. But without it, Williams, who is 63 years old, worries that she will not be able to pay her utility bills out there in the middle of the desert or her medical expenses. She also will not be alone. But hey, all of uh, today's top stories are not terrible crushing ones like uh, like those. Some of them, in fact, may even pick you up. Who knew the NRA stood for the National Ripoff Association? <laughs> uh, some of those stories are next on the broadcast as the resistance strikes back. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the broadcast. <laughs> What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. We will see. We will see if the law wins. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Hey, NRA members. Uh, how does it feel to know that the NRA has not only been playing you for suckers for years now, but you have been paying them to play you for suckers for years now and paying them handsomely for their millions of dollars in swanky vacations, private airplanes, yachts, designer suits, and much more. You've even been giving money to their uh, executives for that, not not only for, uh, you know, that was supposed to be for the fight for gun rights, but you've also been giving them money to give to their families and, yes, to their girlfriends. Nice going, guys. Very smartly done. I would have been happy to rip you off for a fraction of the price of the NRA <laughs> had you asked me, suckers. No, NRA does not stand for National Ripoff Association, but it sure seems like it should, shouldn't, doesn't it? Uh, the venerable National Rifle Association spent the first hundred or so years of its existence, which began in 1871, by the way, as a sportsman's club teaching gun safety to kids and things like that until a coup in the uh, 1970s, a leadership coup, uh, left conman Wayne LaPierre pretty much in charge to become a, a political organization for right-wingers 
which meant, of course, that it was a giant grift meant to help them get richer while you got poorer being told that they were fighting for you. Well, they weren't. They were fighting to line their own pockets with your money, suckers. And now the New York Attorney General is suing to dissolve the entire broken criminal organization. New York's Attorney General sued the National Rifle Association on Thursday, seeking to put the powerful gun advocacy group out of business over claims the top executives illegally diverted tens of millions of dollars for lavish personal trips, no-show contracts for associates, and other questionable expenditures. Attorney General Letitia James's lawsuit filed in Manhattan State Court highlighted misspending and self-dealing that have roiled the NRA and its longtime leader, Wayne LaPierre, from hair and makeup for his wife, to a $17 million secret post-employment contract for himself. A.G. James said at a news conference, it's clear that the NRA has been failing to carry out its stated mission for many, many years and instead has operated as a breeding ground for greed, abuse, and brazen illegality. Enough was enough, she said. We needed to step in and dissolve this corporation. After an 18-month probe, she said, uh, her office, uh, it was the same thing that her office did with uh, Donald Trump's charitable organization, so-called charitable organization, uh, which was also found to have been little more than a scam charity put out of business by the New York Attorney General. Trump last year settled allegations that he had used donations meant for worthy causes instead to further his own business and political interests. And the charity was permanently shut down, and he and his kids are now disallowed from sitting on the board of any charity in New York State. That came after Donald Trump was forced to pay some $25 million in another legal settlement after becoming president to settle a lawsuit against another one of his scams, that would be Trump University, which would have, by the way, on its own, resulted in the impeachment and removal from office of any other president of the United States, as long as he or she was a Democrat in any case. Letitia James said no one is above the law, not even the NRA, one of the most powerful organizations in this country. Carol Lenig and Tom Hamburger at Washington Post were the first to report on this today. They have been doing a great deal of reporting on the NRA's woes over the past year or so. They report the chief executive of the NRA and several top lieutenants engaged in a decades-long pattern of fraud to raid the coffers of the powerful gun rights group for personal gain. According to the lawsuit, uh, they drained $64 million from the nonprofit in just three years. Used it like an ATM. <clears throat> in her lawsuit... Uh, Letitia James called for the dissolution of the NRA and the removal of CEO Wayne LaPierre from the leadership post he has held for the past 39 years, saying that he and others use the group's funds to finance a luxury lifestyle. She also asked a New York court to force LaPierre and three key deputies to repay NRA members for the ill-gotten money and inflated salaries that her investigation found that they took. Well, good luck with that. 
James accused the NRA leaders of flouting state and federal laws and signing off on reports and statements they knew to be fraudulent while diverting millions of dollars away from the NRA's charitable mission to benefit themselves and their allies. Geez, all of this sounds sort of familiar to another case, but we'll get there in a minute. The attorney general requested that the court uh, bar the four men. That would be LaPierre. The NRA general counsel, John Fraser, former treasurer, Woody Phillips, former chief of staff, Josh Powell, from ever serving in a leadership position for a New York charity again in the future. Her investigation, which began in February of last year, found a, quote, culture of self-dealing, mismanagement and negligent oversight at the NRA that was illegal, oppressive and fraudulent. The scope of the allegations by the New York attorney general is breathtaking and comes as a serious blow to the longtime political powerhouse and, yes, top ally of fellow fraudster Donald Trump. Meanwhile, just after this uh, case was this lawsuit was announced today, the Washington, D.C. attorney general, uh, the attorney general Carl Racine announced that his office filed a separate lawsuit against the NRA Foundation. That's based in Washington. Racine accused the organization of being a puppet of the NRA, despite legal requirements that it independently pursue charitable purposes. Instead, Racine said that his office found the foundation repeatedly lent the NRA money to address its rising deficits. Why did they have so many deficits for a group that was once rolling in money taken from suckers? Well, the New York lawsuit against uh, the NRA paints a picture of widespread wrongdoing and a freewheeling atmosphere in which top officials repeatedly took advantage of their positions for personal benefit. In one new revelation, for example, the AG said her investigation uncovered that LaPierre recent, recently arranged a post-employment contract for himself with the NRA worth $17 million. He never sought board approval for that deal. He just sort of made it, set it up for himself. Hey, NRA, I would have done nothing at all for you for half that amount. So it was just a secret deal that if he was removed from off uh, for, from office for any reason or if he just retired, he would still be paid 17 million dollars for doing nothing. Must be nice as Republicans in Congress fight to prevent 31 million laid off Americans from receiving even six hundred dollars a week to help pay for groceries and rent and their mortgages after they lost their jobs for, through no fault of their own, simply because we have a crappy president who denied the existence of a global pandemic. But LaPierre, $17 million when his job was to go away. The lawsuit also claims that he failed to report large sums of personal income to the IRS. Oops. James's office said it found that the NRA chief funneled personal expenses through an outside PR firm, allowing him to avoid reporting hundreds of thousands of dollars of personal income. Gosh, I hope Wayne LaPierre doesn't go to jail. The money was given to the uh, given by the NRA uh, to the PR firm, which then gave it to LaPierre. And the PR firm wrote it down as, uh, quote, out of pocket expenses 
to the tune of tens of millions of dollars of -of out-of-pocket expenses. Uh, And thus, LaPierre never reported it as his own personal income because he never, you know, it never went to him. These are just out-of-pocket expenses of the uh, of the PR firm. Uh, The New York attorney general said she was referring those findings to the IRS. Good. Well, I was going to say good, but then Trump's IRS does not go after Trump's friends. We'll see. We'll see. It's the independent IRS, right? Uh, She also said that uh, because this is a civil lawsuit, if her her office uncovers criminal activity, that would be referred to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, though the Manhattan District Attorney's Office is probably really, really busy right around now. But as I said, we'll get to that top story in a moment. It's a watershed moment in nonprofit regulation, said Douglas Varley, who advises nonprofit groups at the uh, law firm of Kaplan and Drysdale. With the decline in IRS funding and enforcement, there has been a widespread belief that, uh, according to him, the locus of nonprofit enforcement is now shifting from the IRS to the states. Varley said, uh, here is the clearest possible evidence of that reality. I think everyone who believes a strong regulator is needed would be heartened by this. Well, I'm somewhat heartened by this, I think. The group's bitter internal battle had uh, first come to view in April of last year at the NRA's annual convention uh, in Indianapolis when then-NRA President Oliver North was forced out by LaPierre after pressing for an internal financial review. Little might I have predicted that Oliver North might turn out to be a hero. The non-corrupt guy in this scenario. Yeah. Jeez. The Washington Post and other news organizations uh, after that had revealed that the NRA directed funds to board members where uh, LaPierre racked up hundreds of thousands of dollars in charges at a Beverly Hills clothing boutique and on foreign travel. But after the mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, apparently, LaPierre told uh, close associates he was worried how easily he could be targeted. Well, yeah, sure, there's all kinds of nuts with guns out there. Thanks to LaPierre, of course. He said he needed a more secure place to live at that point, so he tried to buy a $6 million, actually tried to have the NRA buy him a $6 million, 10,000-square-foot French-style country estate in Westlake, Texas. According to the lawsuit, LaPierre uh, improperly charged the NRA for private jet travel, luxury vacations, that had no business purpose. The filing claims LaPierre uh, billed the NRA more than half a million dollars for private charter flights that he and his family took to visit the Bahamas eight times over three years. A spokesman for LaPierre had told the Washington Post when they first revealed some of this that his visits to the Bahamas were for NRA business. But the New York AG found the trips were just private vacations. In four years, LaPierre was reimbursed by the NRA for $1.2 million in expenses that were actually personal trips, golf fees, and gifts. 
He also spent $3.6 million of NRA money for private travel consultants, consultants to arrange private jets and executive car service for his and his family's use over just two years. $3.6 million for travel over just two years, according to the suit. And when was the last time you had a vacation? <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, and it didn't cost $3.6 million if I ever had one. He also set aside several million dollars each year for private security for him and his family. Again, lots of gun nuts out there. Can't be too careful. He enjoyed the uh, largesse also of NRA vendors who hoped to uh, continue their business with the group, according to the suit. One vendor gave LaPierre and his wife an all-expense-paid trip to Africa for a safari adventure. Another frequently loaned LaPierre and his family the use of his 107-foot yacht on his visits to the Caribbean. Well, you can't go eight times to the Bahamas in three years without a 107-foot yacht to enjoy it with. Am I right? Phillips, the uh, former treasurer of the group, he's accused of uh, in the suit of arranging an NRA deal worth more than $1 million that benefited his girlfriend. And just before retiring in 2018, a contractor for uh, he, he a contract he, he was able to uh, obtain for himself worth one point eight million dollars. That was just before retiring. He gave himself a one point eight million dollar contract that called for him to provide advice and consulting services. This is the treasurer advice and consulting services for the new treasurer. The new treasurer, however, said he knew nothing of the contract and never received any services from Phillips whatsoever, according to the suit. Uh, Powell, who is LaPierre's former chief of staff, he had his salary increased from $250,000 a year to $800,000 in just three years. As a reward for his loyalty to LaPierre, hey, Desi, had you only been more loyal to me? <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, he also allegedly uh, took another 100000 that he was not entitled to for housing. Uh, in addition, Powell uh, arranged uh, for his wife and his father to also earn money through NRA contracts. The attorney general's office said it found that the NRA's PR firm, meanwhile, Ackerman McQueen, had billed the NRA $70 million dollars. In just 2017 alone, uh, 2017 and 2018, for public relations work, including out-of-pocket expenses, much of that, of course, was the secret money that they were paying to LaPierre. In a separate lawsuit last year, LaPierre acknowledged that he did not report any of the NRA paid expenses as personal income to the IRS. It goes on and on and on, but you get the idea. The NRA is in trouble. Here was uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James today making the announcement of this lawsuit. My office filed a lawsuit against the National Rifle Association to dissolve the organization in its entirety for years of self-dealing and illegal conduct that violate New York's charities law and undermine its own mission. Wayne LaPierre, Woody Phillips, Joshua Powell and John Frazier instituted a culture of self-dealing, mismanagement, and negligent oversight at the NRA that was illegal, 
oppressive and fraudulent. They use millions upon millions of dollars from the NRA for personal use, including for lavish trips for themselves and their families, private jets, expensive meals, and other private travel. There are 18 causes of action, and these actions violated multiple laws, including the laws governing the NRA's charitable status, false reporting on annual filings with my office and the IRS, improper expense documentation, improper wage reporting, improper income tax withholding, failure to make required excise tax reporting and payments, payments in excess of reasonable compensation to disqualified persons, and waste of NRA assets, amongst other offenses. For these years of fraud and misconduct, we are seeking an order to dissolve the NRA in its entirety, to require Mr. LaPierre, Mr. Phillips, Mr. Powell, and Mr. Frazier to make full restitution for funds they unlawfully profited and salaries they earned while employees and pay penalties. To remove Mr. LaPierre and Mr. Frazier from the NRA's leadership and to ensure none of the four, four individual defendants can ever again serve on the board of a charity in New York State. That was New York State Attorney General Letitia James on Thursday announcing this amazing lawsuit against the National Rifle Association. Of course, with that kind of criminality from one of the President of the United States' top supporters, the NRA, you would presume he would be furious hearing about this uh, the decades-long con that they were running on so many of his own supporters who gave their hard-earned money as members of the NRA. You would, of course, be wrong, however, if you thought that. He's furious, but apparently not at the IRA. On Thursday, Trump called the lawsuit to, to dissolve the NRA, quote, a very terrible thing. As he was leaving the White House en route to Ohio, where he did not meet the governor because he found out that the, uh, he had uh, the coronavirus in a test just before his planned meet and greet with Trump, Trump responded to a reporter's question uh, regarding the lawsuit, saying that the state's legal efforts against the NRA have, quote, absolutely decimated the gun advocacy group with its costs. It's very sad, he said. The suit is sad, not what was detailed in the suit. Trump told reporters before he left for Ohio, I think the NRA should move to Texas and lead a very good and beautiful life, unquote. Sure, because apparently there are no actual laws against fraud, I guess, in the state of Texas. Just ask Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. He has been indicted for securities fraud in the state. He's the top, top cop, the top legal uh, enforcer in Texas. He has been indicted for years on, ins on securities fraud, but has managed to keep his position as the top prosecutor and has kept that prosecution on hold somehow for years, even while he is still under indictment. So, yeah, sure, move to Texas. That press conference today that you heard uh, from Letitia James, I suspect, 
is a preview for what we will see out of New York, hopefully in the not-too-distant future at this point, though that will hopefully be directed at Donald Trump and his criminal family uh, enterprise. As the New York Times reported last night after we got off air, what seems to be uh, some very, very bad news for the president. Remember that guy, Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance, to whom Letitia James said that she would forward, uh, forward any criminal referrals in the NRA case? Well, Vance, he has been the one that has been trying to get at Donald Trump's tax records and other financial records via his accounting firm, Mazars, in a case that went to the Supreme Court. Which, shockingly, uh, said, uh, sure, you have the right to look at uh, the president's tax documents, but you got to go back to the lower court just one more time to make really, really, really sure that it's okay with with that judge uh, in such a way that will, sorry, if it prevents you from getting at those documents in time to use them for, let's say, a criminal indictment against the president of the United States or something before this year's general election. But, yeah, you can look at them. So that was that guy, Cyrus Vance. Well, While that case went to the Supreme Court because Trump had sued Mazars to prevent them from uh, turning over the, the documents via the lawful subpoena from the district attorney, Cyrus Vance, and because Trump also sued Mazars and the one bank willing to do business with him, Deutsche Bank, from turning over similar subpoenaed documents to Congress, who was trying to investigate those uh, documents as well. Well, it looks like for some reason that remains unclear, Trump either failed or forgot to sue Deutsche Bank to prevent them from turning over documents to the Manhattan district attorney. So he sued to stop uh, Mazars from giving documents to uh, the district attorney and from giving documents to Congress. He sued Deutsche Bank to prevent them from giving documents to Congress, but somehow failed to sue (laughs) Deutsche Bank about the giving documents to the the, state, to the state, to the Manhattan district attorney. Hmm. Very strange. I don't completely understand it, but uh, David Enrich, uh, Ben Protess, William Rashbaum, and Ben Weiser at the New York Times after we got off air last night report that the Manhattan District Attorney, Cyrus Vance, successfully subpoenaed Deutsche Bank, Donald Trump's top lender, last year in his criminal investigation into Trump's business dealings. The New York Times reported on Wednesday night that Deutsche Bank provided the financial records that uh, Trump had used to obtain loans to the uh, they gave them to the Manhattan D.A. over the course of several months last year in 2019. The criminal investigation initially appeared to be focused on hush money payments made in 2016 to the two women who said they uh, had affairs with uh, Donald Trump. But in a court filing this week, prosecutors, we reported earlier in the week, uh, the the prosecutors with the district attorney's office cited, quote, public reports of possibly extensive and protracted criminal conduct at the Trump organization and suggested that they were also investigating those possible crimes involving, for example, bank and insurance fraud. So how does the prosecutor know in that case what they are looking for? That case was uh, where they're trying to get at these documents from Mazars. How do they know what they might be looking for beyond the public reports of extensive criminality? Well, if the Times report is accurate, 
it sounds like the district attorney uh, Vance's office may already have much of what they need from Deutsche Bank. They may already have Trump's tax returns. They may already have allegedly fraudulent loan documents that were submitted uh, to the bank by Donald Trump. This is the German bank, which lent him and his company more than $2 billion over the past decade. Deutsche Bank complied with that subpoena last year, according to the Times. Over a period of several months last year, they provided uh, Mr. Vance's office with detailed records, including financial statements and other materials that Trump had provided to the bank as he sought loans, according to two different people uh, who were familiar with the inquiry. But while the subpoena of Deutsche Bank indicates the breadth of Vance's investigation, his, inqu his inquiry is still said to be at an early stage, according to at least one person briefed on the matter. So don't get too excited just yet. Okay. But we'll see. Trump and his company have denied wrongdoing, of course. Have they, they have sought to dismiss the inquiry by Vance as a politically motivated fishing expedition. Maybe. But if so, they may need a bigger boat for this uh, fishing expedition. I hear there's a 107-foot yacht down in the Caribbean that may be going unused <laughs> for a while. Maybe Trump's pal uh, Wayne LaPierre can help set him up. He could use a, a favor from the New York prosecutors, after all. And by the way, there's usually great weather down there this time of year. Very few hurricanes at all, right? No comment. The Green News Report is next <laughs> with comment. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is The Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the broadcast. But we need your help to do it, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today. That's bradblog.com donate, and thanks. Well, uh, Desi Doyen has been telling us now for weeks that the 2020 Atlantic hurricane season has been breaking records. And now uh, NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, uh, has updated its prediction that we will see uh, many more records fall in the coming month. They have updated their outlook for hurricanes or actually named storms from 19 to 25 named storms, which yep. means we're going to move through all the names and start going with the Greek alphabet, which we've only ever done once before. That was back in, you remember when it was? 2005, when we had the one, two, three hit of Katrina, Wilma, and Rita. Correct. Uh, historically, only two named storms form on average by early August, and yet the ninth named storm has already formed, already uh, ran through. That was Isaias. The ninth named storm typically forms not until October, but we've already had it in Isaias, Isaias which uh, raked the uh, East Coast over this past week from Florida to New England. That, buckle up, guys. Yeah, buckle up. That came uh, after our latest Green News report, which begins right now. In a land so often cursed by violence... Okay. 
a catastrophe. Chemical fertilizer believed behind catastrophic Beirut explosion. We're right at the cusp of a tidal wave of shutdowns. Pandemic electricity shutoff moratoriums expiring as summer heat builds. Extreme heat could soon cause as many deaths as all infectious diseases combined. Plus, Northeast Climate Pact has a major side benefit, healthier kids. And who doesn't love healthier kids? Our president notwithstanding. All of those stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. When they gaze upon Yosemites, Yosemites, towering sequoias. Oh, yes. Who doesn't love gazing upon the towering sequoias at my favorite national park, Yosemite? Please make it end. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, the President of the United States, doesn't even know the name of the Yosemite National Park. (laughs) Yes. Apparently. The great outdoorsman, President Trump, mispronounced one of America's most famous national parks on Tuesday when he signed into law a bipartisan bill that guarantees maximum annual funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund, a federal program to acquire and preserve land for public use. Senate Majority Republicans could have passed this law years ago and are only doing it now to help the struggling re-election campaigns of Western Republican Senators Cory Gardner of Colorado and Steve Daines of Montana. But it's generally a good thing that he actually uh, signed this bill? Oh, definitely. We need to preserve public lands and water resources. Well, then don't complain that he finally signed it. Tragic news in the city of Beirut, Lebanon, which is reeling from a catastrophic explosion that obliterated its port on Tuesday, killing at least 135 people and injuring 5,000. Officials believe it was accidental. Nearly 3,000 tons of the extremely volatile chemical ammonium nitrate, a common fertilizer ingredient, had been stored at the port for years in a hot warehouse without proper hazardous material protections. The same chemical caused the tragic fertilizer explosion in West Texas in 2014 and another in 1947 that destroyed the port of Texas City, Texas. In Lebanon, this preventable tragedy threatens to become a humanitarian crisis now because the port was the nation's center for food storage and distribution during the global pandemic. You mean it wasn't an attack, as Donald Trump said that it was? No. Mm. The Middle East just emerged from an intense heat wave, with temperatures soaring to 125 degrees Fahrenheit in several regions. This week, a new study projects that rising temperatures caused by man-made climate change will cause more deaths from heat extremes than all infectious diseases combined in coming decades, unless governments act swiftly to cut emissions. And according to the study from Climate Impact Lab, poorer, hotter nations of the world will struggle the most to adapt to unbearable heat conditions that will kill increasing numbers of people by the end of the century. Well, we'll get to that later, I guess. 
The consequences of economic inequality are beginning to unfold already in the United States as millions of Americans could soon lose electricity as temporary bans on power shutoffs implemented because of the coronavirus begin expiring in states across the country. Mm. Right as summer temperatures are building and health officials are urging people to stay home to slow the spread of COVID-19 infections. But there is some good news. Thank you. I'll have some. Deutsche Bank has joined other major global banks in announcing it will no longer finance any new oil and gas projects in the Arctic. That is good. General Motors says it is teaming up with EVgo to expand its public electric vehicle charging network. Also good. It will be adding nearly 3,000 electric vehicle fast chargers across the United States. Also good. Oil major Royal Dutch Shell announced it is partnering with a Dutch utility company to build a super hybrid offshore wind farm that will pair wind energy with batteries and a floating solar generating facility that will also generate clean hydrogen and all without subsidies. So some of these oil companies actually are finally moving away from fossil fuel? Yes. Very good. It's part of Shell's goal to become a net zero emissions energy business no later than 2050. Take your time. And finally, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, a coalition of northeastern states that implemented a market-based cap-and-trade system to cut greenhouse gas emissions, has actually resulted in a nice side benefit, healthier kids. Researchers at Columbia University found that reducing emissions also avoided the impacts of toxic air pollution on children's health, such as asthma, preterm births, and low birth weights. And they estimated that the initiative also reduced health care costs for those states, delivering an economic savings of between 200 to $350 million. Very good news. Too bad about that whole sending them back to school during a pandemic thing. Well, there's that. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. Kids will be all right, right? We're working on it. They'll be better than us. Well, they get it. Yeah. Our generation don't. Uh, yo, Semite, you had a uh, <laughs> quick follow-up follow up for us on that? Yes, that regional greenhouse gas initiative, that last yeah. story about all the money that yep. was saved from health care costs and healthier children, 200 to $350 million. Yep. Yep. Those are called co-benefits. Uh-huh. When you reduce emissions, you also reduce pollution. That's a co-benefit yep. that actually has a monetary value. That is what the Trump EPA is trying to complete completely destroy and eliminate from all future regulation Uh considerations to make it harder to justify costs to industry. If you don't count the costs to people, then hey, it's only cost to industry, so you can't justify that regulation. Yeah, and they have been successful in doing that. Uh, We need a new president. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. Not a moment too soon. All right, got to get out. Thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen. Thanks to all of you for suffering through another day with us. It is greatly appreciated. If you missed any portion of today's program or any other, you can download all of them and share them with your friends and torture your enemies with them for free at bradblog.com. That is made possible by those of you who help us stay on your public airwaves by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. Thanks in advance. If you'd like to drop me an email, you can do so. I am bradcast at bradblog.com, and you can find, follow, and share all that we do here on the Facebooks and the Twitters 
at the Brad blog. Thanks in advance. That's it. We'll see you there until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. The kids are all right.